Morena, and welcome to today's chorus from the Kaka. I'm Bernard Hickey. This is my daily podcast and email newsletter that goes out to paying subscribers focused on Aotearoa New Zealand's political economy and in particular housing affordability, climate change and poverty reduction. One of the ways just about everyone thinks you can improve housing affordability is to increase the supply of housing and to make it easier to build more houses on uh, uh, more bits of land and more houses on each bit of land. So hence the drive for more than a decade now to densify housing, particularly in the city centres, which have the best access to public transport, walking, cycling, schools, uh, hospitals, CBDs, offices, all of the things that people in cities like to use. And uh, this is a clash that's happening all over the world between those people who own the uh, properties quite close to city centres, often single-storey, standalone homes in leafier suburbs, where uh, they are opposed to new houses being built near them on grounds that um, it reduces their privacy, we'll see uh, a lot of new cars on roads and um, they'll have to pay for the extra infrastructure needed to support all those extra people. And this clash is being played out in council chambers and um, planning sessions all around the world. So New Zealand is no different here. Um, going right back to the Auckland Unitary Plan debates of 2016. And until the end of last year, the powers that be, the, you know, the grown-ups in the room, uh, pretty much agreed the way to solve this was to force or encourage or, or prompt councils to allow more densification of housing with their zoning decisions and their district plans. So that led the then Labour government, and briefly, uh, in concert with the National Party, to propose the National Policy Statement for Urban Development and the Medium Density Residential Standards, which were designed to allow councils to have uh, higher buildings, more dwellings per property, and, and to essentially you know, encourage and allow the densification of New Zealand's fastest growing big cities. Wellington, of course, <laughs> is one of those and has the worst record in terms of building consents issued per thousand head of population, uh, which has led to uh, faster uh, uh, rental growth and, and higher properties relative to incomes than anyone else in the country. And remember, New Zealand overall has the least affordable, most expensive housing for renters and for property buyers in the world. And Wellington is one of the worst, if not the worst. There's a long history of this, of the council not investing in infrastructure needed to build lots of more dense housing, but also some of the areas that are most suitable for densification. So Mount Victoria, Newtown, Adelaide Road, Mount Cook, Kelvin, Thornburn, uh, Th uh, Thorndon, are, um, have been restricted by character zone restrictions. This is where there's an overlay on the district plan map which says you cannot um, 
bowl a, a, a villa and put up a, an apartment block because the villa is too beautiful to change, apparently. Um, and uh, this has been used as a technique to avoid development. Now, if you're being cynical, you'd say, well, this is someone who wants to protect the growth and the value of their own land. Remember, that's how you get rich in New Zealand, leveraged tax-free gains on land values. Um, but I'm sure there's a bunch of people who just don't want anyone living near them, looking down into their backyard or whatever, uh, who don't like change. Um, that's why you have decisions made by councils and governments, in theory, um, for the benefit of all over the long run. That's what MDRS, NPS, UD and the like are for. So we're at a point now where the Independent Hearings Panel was uh, has just come back with a report on the Wellington District Plan response to these um, changes made by the previous Labour government and um, recommended by, at least for a period, the combination of national and labour for medium-density residential standards. This uh, ruling has come back. There's about 300 pages or so of various um, decisions, maps, the whole yarn yards on what Wellington's going to look like for decades to come. And everyone who is interested in this, after reading the reports, is gobsmacked by the approach the panel has taken. And I include details in the email newsletter uh, along with this podcast, including um, that the panel has recommended the de-densification of large swathes of these leaf leafy suburbs. So instead of having 82 hectares of land in and around the CBD, which you can't build uh, more dense housing on, they've increased, <laughs> they've increased that to over 200 hectares. Their argument is that um, there's no proof that building more houses more densely uh, actually improves affordability. That is completely at odds with the um, evidence on, uh, in New Zealand at least, and of course many places overseas, that um, increasing density and housing supply actually does improve affordability. The best way to measure it is what's happened in Auckland after the unitary plan and what's happened in Christchurch after the earthquake rebuilt, both of which encouraged and zoned for densification. Not as much as we'd all like, but certainly uh, it's there and it's clear. Um, compare rents in Wellington, Auckland and Christchurch and over the last decade Wellingtons have exploded relative to the others and um, this has caused all sorts of problems for um, uh, renters in Wellington. But the IHP has decided that um, there's no point in even trying to densify or increase supply because housing will always be unaffordable in the Wellington CBD and there's nothing that they could or should be done about it. In my, just stepping back, in my view, this is what pulling up the ladder on a generation looks like in real time. A group of people, eight people, no doubt, who are well-meaning, who are very experienced and who worked very hard on this report over decades have come to the view that there's nothing that can be done, that um, the current way of doing things is the right way and the only way, and uh, this just needs to be lived with and dealt with. I think it's worth uh, challenging that, and one way to do that is to ask some questions of those eight 
panellists on the IHP, as well as the councillors who will make decisions on March 14 about whether to override or change the IHP's report. And those questions should be along the lines of um, how have you and your family personally benefited from rises in leveraged and tax-free capital gains on land values uh, in your uh, place of residence and in the other homes you may or may not own. Uh, how many of you have had to help children or relatives uh, with deposits and guarantees to buy homes? And how many have seen relatives, children move overseas because they don't think there's a future living in New Zealand? And um, uh, finally, um, how do you think we should improve affordability, assuming you think that's a good, <laughs> good idea, if you're not going to do it by increasing supply? Uh, I think it's worth challenging these reports and uh, the views of these people, not just the panellists, but also the politicians, because there's been quite strong reaction to this report from across the, the board. Green MPs, Labour MPs, N National and ACT have all said they're shocked and horrified by the findings of this panel. Uh, uh, um, some have more chops to... Uh, be seen as consistent in their views on this, um, in particular Labour and uh, um, the Greens. National and ACT have also professed a, a support for the supply-side approach. You know, we can solve any problem just by adding to supply. The trouble is they s have said that, and at least up until last year, um, seem to be acting in tune with that. The National Labour bipartisan approach on MDRS was proof of that until it wasn't when National pulled out of that late last year after complaints from National Party supporters in the leafy suburbs. ACT has always had a, an ambivalent approach to this um, along the lines of we love property rights, anyone should be able to do whatever they want in their land unless it happens to be in Epsom. And then neighbours of that person with that land have the right to stop that person with that land building. ACT have a policy of um, encouraging uh, um, councils to have the option to reject densification. And for example, we now have the Christchurch Mayor with meetings with ministers later this month. And his aim is to stop the current district plan process in Christchurch, which is similar to the Wellington one, which um, to override um, the densification that is being forced on Christchurch. So um, the problem here is that uh, National and ACT have been talking from both sides of their mouth about supply, but in reality have both enabled the NIMBYs pushing back against densification. So they should also be asked those questions about how they've personally benefited, uh, what their current situations are with children, and uh, how they really think they're going to improve affordability. If they say that they are interested in doing that, what are they going to do that's different? I'm Bernard Hickey. That was today's Dawn Chorus for Thursday, the 8th of February. Please um, leave a comment or like um, this if you are a paying subscriber and you'd like me to open this up to the public. Ka kite anō.